eyes of the Creator. What's going on, everybody? It's your man, Winston Ward. And your girl, Ashley's here with the Rise of the Creative Podcast. And on today's feature, we have... Who we got? Singer. What else? Performer. Uh-huh. What else? Good looking. Uh-huh. What else? <laughs> Smelling like everything right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we have R&B singer, Brian June. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian, thank you so much for coming on to the show, man. Um, I've known you for a long time. We we performed at several different shows, and I mm-hmm. I think you're definitely uh, an amazing creative. That's why I asked you to be on the show, and I kind of just wanted to get like just like your insight, like on a few things. Um, find out a little bit about your backstory, and just kind of just just like dive into your creative process and like mm-hmm. what goes behind it, you know? Um, and, you know, Ashley's here to get in all your business. So, uh, Sounds good. <laughs> I want to know your shoe size. Got you. Everything. Got you. <laughs> oh, man. So um, just to start it off, how'd you, how'd you begin singing? Um, well, first of all, thank y'all so much for having me. I'm also a really big Winston Ward fan. Um, hashtag can I sing for you? Uh, (laughs) and, um, I think there's like two ways to approach this question. There's like, when did I begin singing totally? And that was when I was 12, my best friend at the time. And I wanted to audition for the talent show. So we were singing to each other over the phone Mm -hmm. and she went, and then I went, and she was like, oh, Brian, you can, like, really sing. And I was like, oh, okay, good to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and ever since then, I sort of, like, started taking voice classes and taking it more seriously. Funny story, we actually didn't do the talent show that year. Like, she got nervous and, like, chickened out. Um, so and you got nervous, too. Yeah, I was like, well, I don't want to do it if you're not going to do it, because, like, it was middle school and everyone's a follower. <laughs> but um, but uh, I kept singing and studying it for myself. And then finally, about... Three years ago, I um, was working with just, like, a friend who was trying to, like, get me producers and stuff. And, like, Mm -hmm. he put me on a showcase at Drum. And from that, I met, like, somebody that wanted to, like, produce for me um, Mm -hmm. or with me. And ever since then, we've been recording together. And then um, I sort of took those recordings and started making, like, singles, EPs. I made an album. And um, it kind of just inspired me to sort of get in the scene, the New York City, like, R&B artist scene, and um, keep the ball rolling. And then from those shows, I met Winston, I met more amazing people, shout out to Shaq Collins, and um, we're going to keep it going. We keep saying this, but Sean and I are going to come work (laughs) um, with Winston here at uh, SOMU, and um, yeah. I love your little culture you guys have because you guys were just name dropping like yeah, I <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like it's like a little village like everybody knows everybody. Right. That's really cool. Don't try to come in because you can't. I sing. am because I'm listen, <laughs> listen, listen. listen. You, know, you know what? Sing some now. Go ahead. No, because you gonna put it in the rubric. <laughs> I'm not going for it again. You will not get me again. 
Oh, so man. you didn't perform at the middle school performance. Tell I did not. Me. So tell us about the first time you performed. Like your first major performance. Um, let's see. Senior year of high school, um, in our voice class, we had to do like a solo recital. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the first time that I can remember like doing something like totally solo, like just me and like a piano. What and song um was it? it was like like it was cool. Like it was actually like a Broadway song. Um, because like my voice teacher was white, so like his repertoire was like <laughs> Caucasian. Limited. Um, yeah. <laughs> he was like, "Who's music soul child?" Um, <laughs> so uh, I sang a Broadway song, but it like was like sort of like a Motown ish song okay. from like the show Hairspray. So um, that was fun, and uh, we worked on it for like a couple months, and uh, my friends and family came, and it was really nice. Cool. So how'd you get into like R and B? I know that's not. I mean, not saying that's not your original culture, but right. It's not part of your, you know, your definitely. Norm. Yeah, How that's fair. How did you fair. get into R and B? Um. Well, being a 90s kid, I feel like back then, and it's really sad to me that it's different now, I feel like um, every genre could be mainstream and like 90s R&B was like a big thing that like not just like one demographic liked, but it was on like BET, but it was also on MTV and VH1. So like when I started hearing like Mary J. Blige and TLC and Boys to Men and everybody from the 90s, like that music really, really resonated with me. Um, and I just fell in love with it ever since. I think that obviously, um, I mean, you know, unless like you're really sexy or whatever, to be, to be an army artist, you have to like sing, sing. Right. And I really appreciated that it's vocals. I appreciated that in the nineties, it was about like very emotional material. Yeah. And at the same time, the songs were still like dope like it was hooks it was melodies yeah. it was harmonies it was bridges. like bridges it was like song structure right right i love yeah. 90s music so what's your favorite 90s song that's just like on repeat all the time oh gosh uh that's a really good question um you don't have to name one you can just you can do like a whole it. album or a group or... <laughs> i'm just sort of cheat on this one i mm-hmm. think that the like the most iconic um, writer of that era, so was Babyface, and right. like he had his hand in like every artist yeah, from the right, '90s. Right. So like, you know, it can't go wrong with a right, Babyface right. song. <laughs> um, I remember before you um you kind of mentioned your culture. Like, how do you kind of like, in a sense, like, how do you like hybrid that like mm-hmm. with the current R and B that you kind of do? Like, do you do you see them connecting, or is it something that is it like parallel or like do you want them to interchange? Um well, being like Korean American, I definitely think that like I look different than most other singers on the scene. Um mm-hmm. so that's pretty uh obvious, but um I would say that what I'm trying to do now is to sort of blend everything to like have it sort of be a brand that just like fits me and my style based on who I am and just be like completely authentic. So being like an Asian American who moved to America when I was six months and like has ties to like Asian culture, but also has ties to like the R&B scene, New York City, um, like the people that um, I grew up with growing up. It's a little bit of everything. So I try to focus on like doing music that resonates with me and then keeping like you know my korean last name as like my artist name i'm trying to figure out ways to like infuse like asian calligraphy into like certain logos and stuff and i'm working on a new song right now that actually sounds very that actually the beat is like very like asian inspired like it kind of has like that violin through it and like that like like it sounds very asian i can't even explain it very well but um (laughs) but yeah i try to sort of blend 
a little bit of everything um, into my music and my brand because I'm just such a blended, like, eclectic person based on, like, how I grew up. That's really cool. I know definitely when you look through your profile, you're like, oh, okay, Korean dude. And you, like, mm-hmm. you hear your voice, you're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, definitely doing my research when the, with these questions doing the podcast. I was like, okay, cool, you know, we got an R&B singer. You know, you have a, what it's going to sound like in your head. Mm-hmm. You, you listen to it, I'm like, this he kind of sound like a brother a little bit. Like, oh, 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 okay. Oh, and you hear the next song, you're like, oh, he got, he got the Kool-Aid. He do. He definitely got the Kool-Aid. Let me tell you, it was it was crazy because the I remember the first time hearing you sing, and it was like, it was crazy for me because I was just like, no, no, no. That, that, voice, right. that, that voice is I not coming out, that voice get, is not coming out of him. That. And I know you get that all the time. I know yeah. you get that all the time. Um, so it's just... It's, it's, and another thing that I appreciate about you is I feel like you're really true to the R&B culture, yes. like, mm-hmm. especially like old school R&B culture. Yes. And I feel like that's lost in, um, like, I guess what, what we're doing now in R&B. Um, but I kind of, appre- I, I, not kind of, I definitely appreciate like what you're doing with music and how, you know, you're, you're keeping that, you know, at your essence. So, I mean, I. I personally, I appreciate that so much because, you know, I'm a, I'm a 90s baby too, so. Are yeah. you a 90s baby? Oh, my gosh. We Are have... you? <laughs> Winston's really like 45. Stop. He's cocoa butter. Stop. <laughs> I can't. He's not really a 90s baby. What I will say to that, though, is um, I definitely think that, like, my favorites in the scene, like mm-hmm. you, Winston, Shaq Collins, um, Jay Robin, like, that's true for all of us. Mm-hmm. Like, we all take like that era of R&B very seriously and yeah. incorporate it into our own music. Yeah. I think so. it was like real singing. Like you heard the vocals mm-hmm. on it. It wasn't saturated with beats and, and auto tune or anything like that. It was pure vocals over dope lyrics. And yeah. that's what I think, you know, captures the 90s sound. Yeah. At the end of the day, I feel like all of, whether it was the artist who wrote the song or the songwriters who wrote the song, they had a message. Right. Mm-hmm. And, how I kind of want to segue into that is what kind of message do you want people to take away from your music? Mm. Um, all of the songs that I've written so far are like actual like snippets of like things I've been through or things I've felt. So I definitely would want people to take away the fact that like um, I've gone through something very specific and at the same time, like any like relationship, love, love loss issues I've had, um, even though it's my story, there are probably like bits and pieces of it that the the listener can relate to as well. And that's, I think, the real key of like R&B and soul music mm-hmm. is that um, people tell their own stories, but it's with like themes that like everybody can relate to. Right. Like if you hear like um, a Jasmine Sullivan song, like you might, might not actually be in love with another man because like you like girls, but <laughs> you can understand what it feels yeah. like to um, right. want somebody even though they might not be right for you. It's so crazy you said that because in our one of our beginning, <laughs> one of our beginning podcasts, we was talking about how the song make you feel like you're going through like Beyonce's resentment. Mm-hmm. I may not have man problems, but I felt her pain. Like I felt that she. <laughs> He's looking at me because I brought up Beyonce again in the podcast. Shut up. <laughs> but I felt like I was going through this bitter nasty breakup and he cheated on me with a bitch that wasn't as good as me yeah <laughs> but i i 100 agree with you all right so really quick brian kind of well not really quick because I, re- I want you to take as much time as you want um kind of 
because you've co- you've come out with how many projects? Two. Uh, one album, one EP. Okay, yeah. so kind of take me behind the scenes of the creative process behind those. Like, is creating an EP easier? Is creating an album easier? Like. What are some of the processes? Because, I mean, even though EP is shorter, I know that some people, they say that creating EPs are harder because you kind of have to condense, you mm-hmm. have to condense more, you know? So just kind of, just run me through that process. Um, yeah, so for me personally, I would say like these first few projects are sort of, I don't want to say cheating, but like it's almost like I went about it, um, in a different way than I think that like a lot of people in the scene do. I know that like a lot of people, they get beats from producers or like instrumentals and then they write to them like, oh, this beat is dope, this beat is dope, I wanna do it. These songs, like before I knew how, like what music theory was or like what a piano was, like a lot of these songs I wrote when I was like really young. So they've just been like stuck in me um, for like years and I kind of had to find a producer that was able to sort of take what, like the instruments in my head and like put them to a beat that like actually fit like the melody of the song, like the time signature and all of that. So I would say that like, that was the most difficult thing for me to find like a producer that like I had chemistry with Mm -hmm. to not do an instrumental based on what he wanted to do, but to mm-hmm. do one based on what I wanted him right. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of producers don't like that because they want like their own like right. like full creativity and freedom. But like I was like, nope, this song has four lines here. <laughs> like this, <laughs> this is how fast it goes. This is the key it's in. <laughs> like wow. these are the instruments I want. So I would say that that's the most difficult. Going forward, I am looking forward to like spreading my wings and like going through like the process that like I know that um, Shah does with like finding like instruments instrumentals that resonate with her um silent celeb i don't know your process but i think you do a little bit of both um and um album versus ep um the other thing about this is that like it's like sort of like a business you know like a music industry Mm -hmm. so my goal is to always release like something around my birthday because i feel like that's when like people take pay most close attention to my social media Mm -hmm. so um it was hard to finish both things on time for like a deadline um and then i would say the album was a little bit harder because it was more songs Mm -hmm. um and also um i had like a very specific idea about like what i wanted the cover to look like what i wanted the track list to be which songs actually were going to hold off and either totally scrap or like put on like a future project or like it's their own singles or whatever so um I would say the album was harder, but it wasn't, that's not necessarily a bad thing because mm-hmm. I knew from the, doing the EP, like I knew more of what I was doing and what exactly I wanted. Right. It just took um, a lot more time. <laughs> right, 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 right. So from like start to finish, how long does it take you to complete an album or EP? So th- this is like the most frustrating thing I think for me about being an independent artist is that like in, if you actually took like the time that like it would take me, it only takes me like, maybe like four or five maybe six months at max but because like a lot of us have like you know that nine to five or like that that full-time job like it really lessens the time you're available to like go to the studio and actually finish something and that's that was the biggest like issue for me is that like I had a lot of songs that were like almost done or like halfway done but like I was like oh I can't come back to the studio for like four weeks um so uh the actual time it takes versus like the time it takes because of like life, right. I think yeah. is um, definitely something to um, think about. Like for any artist that's trying to like put something out there, like for a specific date, it's like you can never 
give yourself enough time. Like it's always better to have more time than to like rush everything at the last minute. Yeah, you <laughs> you rarely make, meet your deadlines. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's unfortunate to say that, but it's like so many things happen. Like mm-hmm. unexpected, yeah. yeah, unexpected things. Like so. Um, yeah, like apparently it might snow on Saturday when I have a studio session. So like. <laughs> Like, that's crazy, right? Like, right. it's snow in April. Um, but, like, let's say I was trying to, like, record on a Saturday and it was a blizzard. Well, that day's canceled. And then it's like, right. well, maybe the studio's booked the next week. Or maybe the person's out of town. Maybe you're out of town. So, like, yeah. it's definitely a process. And I definitely tip my hat off to, like, everybody on the scene that's doing their thing. Because I know that it's not easy. I know it's really expensive. And I know that um, it's just so many things, so many, like, moving pieces at once. I think it's like a sacrifice for your dream, though. Definitely. Like, um, now that, like, I'm in the scene, like, I don't think there's any going back for a while. Like, this is very important to me. Like, I take this very seriously. And I know that, like, Winston and, like, everybody else on the scene does, too. Let let me ask this question. Have you... Have you ever, and this this wasn't, like, like pre-planned or anything. Do you ever... I'm asking this because I go through this sometimes. Do mm-hmm. you ever go through like periods where you feel like, you know what, maybe this music shit isn't for me? Mm-hmm. And if you do go through those kind of things, what do you kind of do to like snap yourself out of those moments? Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really, uh, you know, it's really tough. Like you spend all this money on like studio time or instrumentals, equipments, photo shoots. Um, sending it out to get mixed and mastered, um, paying for, like, your band, for your show, or, like, mm-hmm. um, like be on the grinds if you got to sell tickets or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of work, and it's a big sacrifice. Like, last year, I did a really bad job of, like, balancing my job, my music, and, like, friendships slash, mm-hmm. like, relationships. And I wouldn't say that, like, I felt like giving up currently, but I do feel like... Like, is this what I want to... Do I want to struggle like this forever? The answer is no, because we all want to be, like, successful and, like, do this full time. But it can get very um, exhausting to, like, do all of this and for the return to be, you still got to go work tomorrow. Or you still got to, like... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's really hard. I think the thing that keeps me motivated um, to keep going, quite honestly, I think it's really the relationships that I've made in the scene, like I've made really good friends that really champion me. And I know that like all, a lot of us have that, which is great that like we support each other. I think that's like really important because a lot of my friends, like at the end of the day, they don't actually understand what it's like because they, they go to work and like maybe they work like long hours or overtime or whatever, but like they don't do a second job right. that they don't get a guaranteed wage for. Right. And like they don't, right. They don't stay out late. They're not living a dream. They're not staying out late on a Wednesday only to go to work early on a Thursday, you know? But everybody else on the scene who isn't, like, you know, major label famous yet, um, they actually know what it's like. So, like, they keep me going because they're so going. And it's like, well, if they haven't given up and they're not 16 anymore, then Mm -hmm. I shouldn't give up either. Right, right. I love how you guys network within. Mm -hmm. I think that's really Mm -hmm. important. I heard that from Issa Rae. And it resonated so much in me. Like, okay, it's great to network up and you want to get to those big name people you want to get to those big companies but it's the people that was that's within that's going to help you and support you that's going to come out to your shows do your podcast right you know, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean i i love networking within I, like i said before i love you guys little culture your neighborhood and everybody knows each other you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who sing at 
this person's, you know, I love it. And there's some whack people in the culture too, like like <laughs> divas and arrogant or whatever. But they don't. Who's the they don't really stay like on the scene very long. I couldn't even tell you because like I don't know their names because mm. I don't see them more than once. Mm. Um, but like. Um, Winston and I have a mutual friend shout out to Shaq Holland she's an artist herself and she's also yeah. a curator yeah. we're actually going to do her um, her showcase at SOB's April 25th yes. and I know like the story she tells me of like artists that are like six hours late to sound check artists that like don't like um, actually sell any tickets yeah. even though that was the agreement artists that like have expectations of getting paid even though they didn't bring anybody out um, yeah artists that like want like just I, like she told me about one artist who like wanted to like hang his own like um like earnings like he wanted back. to yeah. he wanted to turn SOBs into like a living room yeah. where like he wanted like um the sound engineer to like take curtains and like put them on the side of the stage just for his set yeah she, yeah, he knows like he's, stage yeah. is like a yeah. foot long yeah. and a foot wide. Like, yeah, so they want like, status, but they not, they not yeah. there. They, this is not, yeah. How yeah. Many, how many tickets did he sell? Right, you know, right. You know? <laughs> I mean, if you packing at the house, yeah, we'll do what you, you want. can do whatever yeah. you want. You right. want, you want a special menu, sure. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, I get it. I can only imagine. I can't. I can't even imagine the divas that that walk through there. What I will say, I, I appreciate the divas because it's kind of like, it's like. Wow, <laughs> you you really thought that you were right. doing something? That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing it. It's definitely entertaining to watch from afar, <laughs> but like since um, we have like friends who like have to deal with them like mm-hmm. every week or whatever, like that can get really annoying. Yeah. And I think it's just so interesting because I don't like it's like have people not realize that in New York there's like. 10,000 singers and like right. 2 million rappers like right. <laughs> like an artist yes. is like a dime a dozen exactly. in New York City millions of places to perform yeah. there's you could literally go anywhere any given day any given time of the week and go to a showcase yeah yeah like yeah unless like you can bring in like 200 seats like you're really not like that special not yet <laughs> and you might be very talented but like so is everybody else yeah yep. so sit down be humble <laughs> um Ashley I think this is uh the part of the your favorite part of the show. <laughs> He's looking at me like, like oh, yeah. shit. Uh, yeah. no, these like, are my rapid fire questions. He's gonna add the sound effect later. All right, cool. He's <laughs> not. He's not. not. <laughs> so, Brian, are you ready for my rapid fire questions? All right, let's give it a shot. Okay. Favorite music genre? RB. Favorite movie? Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm. Never be able to sing again or never be able to write? Never be able to write. Mm. What's your secret talent? Oh, crap. Um, I'm taking too long. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, that, that was the last one, right? That's the last yeah, one. Yeah, you can, you, can take, yeah. you can take as long as you want for that one because you got to think. <laughs> yeah. That's, we've stumped a yeah. lot of people on that. <laughs> yeah. I have no secret talents. Um I can basically sing and do nothing else special. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's all you get. Yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. can sing. No, no, no. You gotta. You can like juggle, or you yeah, you like a juggle. great cook. Mm-hmm. Are you like? What are some of the other things we've heard? Um, we've heard juggler. We've heard a cook. Um. Driving. Driving. Somebody like, like driving. loves to drive. Like. Oh, okay. I'm pretty good at trivia. 
Like, mm. if there was ever like a R&B Jeopardy or whatever, I'm not saying I would win, but I would definitely not lose. Like, I, I definitely do pretty well. Because I pay attention to little details. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like movies and oh, my favorite movies, of course, are like mm-hmm. celebrities or. I'm like really great at trivia. Yeah. You might have a little competition. We okay. Might have, the next right. time you're Listen, on, we might have to do a little trivia. Spit out the Jeopardy. Rise, like little, rise of the, the creative, creative Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Rise of the Creative Trivia, but the same okay. thing. Okay. We should do that. Well, you obviously can't create the questions because then that would be cheating. I mean, I can do whatever I can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. I'm not, I'm not very good at trivia. You're so, not. Uh, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I know, and that's right. <laughs> One thing that changed your life creatively. Hmm. Um. Well, sh- like on a superficial level, definitely moving to New York City. Mm. Like when I was in Connecticut, like, like Connecticut is a small state. Like you can like drive through the whole state in like forty five minutes. Right. Um, it's not really a popping scene like that. Mm. So, I would definitely say that like um, moving to New York and like meeting like people and like like you know like when you're not from here and you're like oh you're doing a show at sobs like that's like a big deal yeah and then when you do it three or four times like okay here we go again but like (laughs) um like when i first like did it i was like oh my gosh like this is such a big deal i was so like anxious and excited so i definitely think that moving to new york really helped like take like me as just a person into like me taking myself as an artist a lot more seriously and then make you open up more definitely like a lot of, like, my friends, like, in the scene now will be like, oh, you're so good at networking. Like, you really like talking to people. And, like, historically for me, that was not true. Like, I, I did not really talk a lot in, like, elementary <laughs> school or whatever. But, like, this is a hustle and this is a business. So if you don't talk to anybody, like, they're not going to know who you are. Yeah. So you got to, like, make it be known. And also you meet other cool people down the line. So it's not easy for me, but I definitely um, can say, like, doing this has gotten me out of my shell more. And, like performing more just makes you a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. like i still get nervous but i'm not like oh my god i'm gonna like pee my pants like every, <laughs> like every two seconds now it's like every like 20 seconds so i always find it fascinating when people talk so highly about new york because i'm from new york and i'm like mm-hmm. ah, it's okay. i feel like a lot of my friends who grew up here like they were like dying to get out like yeah. all my friends that grew up here they went to like school at like buffalo or binghamton i'm yeah. just like why'd you go to the middle of nowhere and they're like because mm-hmm. it's not new york city and yeah. i need to change so it's like that whole like grass is greener on the other side thing. yeah yeah I think I think that's exactly what it is because I don't understand people who want to move to Atlanta or, <laughs> me either you know, all these other places I'm like listen I love New York and my philosophy is if you can make it here you can make it anywhere so right. I want to make it in New York and then after I make it in New York then I can go because New York is hard like there's oh, yeah. so many artists here and like like people like you have to get people's attention like mm-hmm. something that Winston does is that's so smart that you know is he starts like with the acapella like classic yes. R&B song for like a lot of his sets um but if you don't do something like that like unless you're like amazing um a lot of people are just gonna like look at their phones or like talk to their friends right. so like it's really hard to like get people's attention in New York and I know that like the flip side of Connecticut is like it's not really like that like people are just like oh you're an artist from New York City like oh my god like this <laughs> this never happens in like the middle of nowhere Connecticut um so yeah I definitely think that if you could make it in New York you can make it anywhere because New York is very tough so describe your style and what makes you stand out as an artist um I would say that like the thing that makes me stand out is just like the shock factor like my face my talking voice 
and my singing voice are like three different people. Um, <laughs> and it really, um, if somebody, well, I mean, like Winston knows who I am now, so it's, he's not surprised <laughs> anymore. But if somebody doesn't know me, like I will literally see like eyes bug out. Yeah. <laughs> and not because like I'm so amazing, but just because like it's they didn't see it coming. Nope. Um, like if I was to run into you on a train, I would not think you were an R&B, right. R&B, yeah. R&B student. Yeah. I would not think you were an R&B singer at all. Do you like, enjoy that? Do you enjoy those reactions? I mean, in the moment, yeah. But I will say, like, in everyday life, the downside to that is that because, like, let's say, like, you're meeting a coworker for the first time or, like, mm-hmm. you're going on, like, a first date, you're just meeting a friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, if I tell them what I do mm-hmm. and I say I'm a singer... They'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, sure, bro. Like, <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, and that's, that's like, very, uh, I mean, I can't say that I hate it because it does lead to, like, the shock factor. Mm-hmm. But it does feel some kind of way in terms of, like, is this person taking me seriously? Because I take that, I take this very seriously. Right. right. And not, not being originally like of like the African American community or whatever, it's really important for me that people don't think that I'm trying to like cultural appropriate, okay, right. swagger jack, turn it into a joke. Like it's my goal is to make people legitimately feel something by my music. And I feel like um it's really important for me to like be respectful of the culture because I love it so much. I think that with the, the one of the great things about African American the community is that when you have talent mm-hmm. and your talent speaks for itself, we're more accepting of it. Yeah. But if you try to, what do you call it? Um, like imitate, it? yes. Yeah. When you try to overdo it or try to take on a persona that's not naturally yourself, that's when we're like. Who are you fooling? Like, don't be a culture vulture. Don't you know? But mm. you are yourself. Yeah. Who just so happened to sing R and B and you do it very well. So thank I you. Think that's where we're. Oh, I say we're like I'm. At four minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like that's why it's so accepting because you are you. You know who you are. You know your background. You're not trying to denounce your Korean background or your uh-huh. history or anything. You're just I like R and B. Yeah, and the other thing about it is is that this new wave like. It's very hip hop influenced, and I like can't dance. So I feel like if I was up there like Millie rocking and like doing doing songs like Chris Brown right. and stuff, that would it's not comfortable for me, and I feel like that would come across very show, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but growing up in the '90s and like listening to like the up tempo, mid tempo, and ballad songs that were like emotional, like mm-hmm. that. I can do because that's like what I love and is comfortable for me since I've been like a fan of it for so long. But yeah, you won't see any like we know how to party <laughs> choreography at any of my shows. So no two step and no. I mean a two step, yeah, but like Chris Brown can go like crazy on stage. Like I won't be like doing cartwheels in the air <laughs> and then like dabbing and then like Millie rocking with like <laughs> some like naked girl next anybody to me. Anybody could like, dance. Anybody just pick a beat and stick to the beat. Any one of the beats. I think that anybody can learn to dance. Sort of like I I don't think I will ever be as good as like Chris See, or no, like no, no. I, yeah you, you gotta have faith in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could I think if you wanted to, if that was your thing you can definitely pick it up because you can sing so you have rhythm that's true that is true yeah it might just be a comfortability what you about to say not ev- not everyone that can sing has rhythm yes it is no, I think that's it's not a that's like you said I heard you say well, when you're band members that most musicians can sing because they can hear that note. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you can hear a beat yeah. and you can 
you know, stay on top of that beat and move your body to it, I think no, no, it kind of no, work hand no, no, in hand. Mind and body is there's this. It's, I, it's not pay, always you connected. You gotta like practice. Like you gotta practice though. Obviously, yeah. You do it. Yeah, I guess. I'm so just, you gonna dance on your next no, set? No, no, I'm just saying I'm covering it because I mean I know I'm not. <laughs> I could do a two step, but. That's about it. I'm not gonna like, like Brian said. I'm not trying to be on Chris Brown or nothing like that. So, thing you never know. But, I mean, okay. Like, I'm gonna sound really shady. I think that a lot of the thing is that a lot of like current R&B, especially male singers, like they are trying to like do like that Chris Brown thing. Like, um, Winston and I went to a show recently, and like the headliner. Like, for half the show, he didn't oh, sing man. at all. Yeah. He just, like, <laughs> took his shirt off, like, looked at girls, like, dabbed or whatever. And, like, we were just, like, like that was I it. was just, like, looking at Winston, like, oh, okay. So, yeah, we're not even going to, like, we don't sing anymore. yeah, I guess we don't sing anymore. Because, like, it was literally him just, like, walking around while his track was playing. And I was, like, really? So, he was, like, <laughs> just... Feeling the beat. Yeah. Feeling feeling his music. He sang yeah. Like four like four lines. He would sing like the wow. first four lines and then like leave the microphone mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just like walk around like, what and like is he be like sweat. Giving people daps. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow. Wow. It must it must. But, like, what did he sound good? Like, can he like was his, the track good? His, his, I say? his track was good. His track okay. was good, and like he didn't sound bad live or whatever. But it's just like, oh, like and like see, this is like the thing to me is that like a lot of current people, it's not about the music it's about like how you coming across on stage mm-hmm. your sex appeal like how good the beat is but not mm-hmm. necessarily like what are you singing about right, and yeah. how are you singing it because right. he wasn't singing so <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have yeah. been the only female like he gonna like I pay money for loud for you know live music right. I want to I don't want to see this I could have heard put a shirt on the club, hey, you know? <laughs> put a shirt on um, yeah I, one thing I was um, mentioning to um, one of the other um the, the voice box singers was that there's a big difference between uh, studio singers and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, performers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like us coming up in, in this day and age, we kind of have to perfect both. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like back in the day, don't get me wrong, everyone's tracks were really good, but they were more so performers. And now nowadays is more so, m- way more studio singers than real performers now. So... Um, I kind of, I definitely like appreciate you just being like a like a real performer. You go up there and you, you sing music, man. Listen, I can't wh- wait to see you perform. Listen, when oh you sing, yeah, I can't wait to see you <laughs> when you sing music so child, it makes me not want to sing music so child. <gasps> see, that's so funny because actually last year Winston did Soul Village and like mm-hmm. he did a cover of like the song that I always do, and I turned to my friend, I was like, oh, I guess I can't sing this anymore because <laughs> Winston like killed it. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> But we can take turns or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, I actually like yeah, yeah. the um, when I saw Winston like in public, I was like, "What's your set list for like April?" Because I want to make sure like <laughs> we don't duplicate song. songs. He's like, "I'm not singing just friends. Don't worry, you can do okay. it." I'm just like, "Okay." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, honestly, when when I saw when I saw Brian on the list too, I was just like, "Okay, Brian's performing." And I was like. Guess I can't do just friends, but that's okay. That's all right. I mean, that's <laughs> or you can, and I could do a different one. Like it's fine. Um, but I, I actually like. I think I was the last person to like confirm because I was just like, oh, like these are my friends. Like I want to. Like I'm gonna be there anyways. Let's right. just like make it. Let's just make it a really, really special night. Sing so. like a giant song together, like a. Um, we all we the all world. The world. <laughs> yes. Like a soul village presents. We all the world. Oh, rhythm of the night. Rhythm of the night presents. Exactly. 
We Are the World <laughs> R&B version. I don't like it. Why? Watch, I'm going to come out with an album. I'm, <laughs> I better have some input on this or I better get some type of money because I said it here first. I'm always saying stuff here first. Like we get sponsored or something. Don't, 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 don't worry, I'm going to edit that part out. If we do get sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um... Well, Brian, I want to thank you so much for coming out to the show, man. I really, really appreciate you making that you really crazy trip all the way from Queens. Um, I appreciate it, man. Um, but before you go, uh, I do want to hear you sing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I shoot. was waiting for it. I was okay. waiting for it. <laughs> Anything. I was waiting for it. Anything. All right. It doesn't have to be like a whole song. It, it can be an original piece. It can yeah. be anything. You can anything. bring back to okay. the 90s. We like it all. <laughs> um... All right. I did say I like 90s a lot. I should probably do something like that. Or you could just but, do music. Yeah. yeah. But I want to like, switch it up. So. Ooh, switch it up. All right. Um, baby, these leaves can't wait to see your skin. Ooh, baby, and these eyes. Can't wait to see your green. Just let my love, let my love adorn you. Oh, baby. And you gotta know, you gotta know, you know that I adore you. You gotta know, gotta know. Ah, ah, ah. Thank you. Oh man, I, I I wouldn't expect you to sing that song either, man. Like that was that was just too dope, man. <laughs> Appreciate that was, it. Too dope, that man. was too dope, too dope. Um, tell the people where they can find you. Um, definitely shout out the show one more time because I mean we definitely want people yes. to come out and support you. Um, yeah, and, and you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so on April 25th at SOBs, the amazing Sha Collins presents Rhythm of the Night. She does the show at SOBs about once every other month or so on April 25th. The lineup includes myself, Brian June, Winston Ward, Rel Cox, who we know. Shout out to Rel. Right. Akela, who is um, amazing. our voice coach, and she's yeah. the headliner. She's amazing. Uh, Tina Yao. The Silent Celeb, Brie Marie, and my memory's like fading, but like it's a couple more other people. Everybody is amazing. Rise everybody's rising gem. Um, everybody's so supportive of each other, mm -hmm. and it's just gonna be a, a really good night. All singers. Also, if you appreciate like singers, R and B music, if you want to take like a little break from like a all hip hop show, like come <laughs> to Rhythm of the Night on April twenty fifth, and you'll definitely get more than your money's worth because the tickets are very cheap. Yes, <laughs> so. yes, yes. Um, where can the people find you? Uh, me personally, I have an Instagram, a website. You can find me at Instagram on Brian June Music. That's B-R-Y-A-N-J-O-O-N-M-U-S-I-C on my website, which is Brian June Music, B-R-Y-A-N-J-O-O-N-M-U-S-I-C.com, which is where you could find the links to buy or stream all of my music, including my self-titled album, Brian June, which I released on my birthday, February 24th. Yes, promote. Right. <laughs> and, where, and where can they find that? Where's the merch? That is on iTunes, Spotify, Tidal, Google Play, Apple Music, SoundCloud, um, Pandora. Um, and I do have like t-shirts for sale in my store and like coffee mugs and all that kind of yes. stuff too. I love the promotion. Get <laughs> right. it. 
Love it, love it. I'm gonna have to get a shirt for um our performance on the 25th. I'm sure. Switch. I'm go from, Can I sing for you? Brian, <laughs> Does Rel have a shirt yet? Um, not yet. But okay. I mean, Listen, he, he I'm, right. Costume yeah. changes. Right. I want to walk and just sew all three of them together. So you can be like, can I sing Brian Cox music? You don't even get it. Yeah, we don't. That's I'm a lot of sewing. Yeah, are yeah. you good? At, are you good at sewing? I'm not. <laughs> but we know fashion designer, Word. so we get it to popping. Where can so, they find you at, Mr. Ward? <laughs> And spell it. <laughs> I always butcher this. You, you were, you, let me tell you, you were really good when you were spelling spelling out like all your like socials and stuff. I mean, it's great. his name. Yeah, so that's kind of easy. Like yours is like a accurate, yeah, uh, like a slogan. You're right. You see, that's what it is. Just change all your is. handles to Winston Ward. I thought about it. I really thought about it. No, I like the Army student. Right. I like the Army student too. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you change it, I'm gonna take it. I'm not even an Army student. What? Yep. Um, but yeah, you can follow me at the R&B student, T-H-E-R-N-B-S-T-U-D-E-N-T. Oh, you did it! Um, you can also follow the, uh, the Rise of the Creative podcast on Instagram at Rise of the Creatives NYC. I'm not going to spell that because it's spelled correctly. <laughs> Ashley, where can they find you? You can find me on my Instagram. I'm hilarious. <laughs> I'm not. It's a personal <laughs> page. Um, at Ash Slays. A-S-H underscore S-L-A-Y-S-S. Mm-hmm. Like all my throwback Thursdays, my funny memes. <laughs> Follow my hashtag, big girls don't take full body pics. <laughs> Y'all laughing, but I'm super serious. Follow my hashtag, big girls don't take full body pics. She's the only one under there. I'm the only one under there in full body pics. <laughs> I'm not a catfish. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. And this was the Rise of the Creative Podcast. See you guys later. The rise of the creator. The rise of the creator. Creator. Wait, 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 what about now? All right, all right. Maybe the next show.